Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of On Air with Noah. And today, this first episode will mainly be made of a presentation of myself, and then we will dive into the first topic, which will be about studying abroad, the immigration process, and life as an international student during a pandemic. Noah. I am 19 years old. I am originally from France and moved to Canada and Montreal in particular for studies. I'm in a, my second year of study at McGill University and I'll be majoring in political science. I will be the host of this podcast and we mostly be talking on my own about a few topics relating to studying, university, and life in a foreign country, but I will also have guests over that will share their stories. In this podcast, I might not only I might talk about other subjects than studies, university, life as an international student. Topics will vary going from these types of topics up until politics, news, uh, what's going on around the world, and a little bit more um, personal subjects such as mental health and much more. So um, this one will be focusing on um, studying and university as I thought it would be a good way to introduce my subject and might help some students that are considering studying abroad or are going to start studying in a foreign country soon. Personally, I applied to um, two different countries. So I applied to the UK and also applied to Canada. So um, I can give information on both. I remember the UK process being much more stressful because of the personal statement that you had to provide to uh, the platform, which was UCAS. So in the personal statement, you basically have to sell yourself, quote unquote, sell yourself, um, which means that you have to write any information that could be um, a good aspect on you. For instance, if you had done anything outside of school, such as have been part of uh, associations and groups and clubs, if you did any extra work, if you, um, all the experiences that you took out of classes or part of your school was a good aspect that you had to write about, or basically you had to write about all the classes that you took, um, provide information to them so they could really, really assess your personality and your person more than your academic persona. I remember this process to be so heavy and hard and stressful because I spent four to five months writing personal statements and editing them and talking to teachers about them in order for me to improve them. That when people ask me how was applying to Canada, I always say that I don't remember because it's true because it, um, for Canada, they basically just ask you for um, your grades in high school and that's pretty much it. Like all the questions you have to fill in um, are really not hard to answer and they're pretty straight to the point so you don't have to provide any essays any written questions or personal statements this uh, made it way easier so I decided to study and move to Montreal um, because I fell in love completely with Quebec and Canada when I visited it the year before actually deciding to apply there um, and of course it was a hard decision to take and was not easy an easy conversation to talk to to my parents, but um, I really tried my best to um, eventually 
get there. And um, here I am today. I'm very happy and excited um, that I got to be accepted by McGill University and that I am still living in Montreal to this day. So I will be sharing details on the administrative part of the immigration process because I think it's the forgotten part of immigration. Uh, we tend to skip over the fact that to go to a country most of the time that's out of Europe, um, we have to ask for visas and papers and authorizations and all of that. Um, so I'll be talking about it because I had a very particular experience with this entire entire paper um, situation, uh, getting a visa, um, getting my study permit. So I'll be sharing information, things to do and not do, and um, just to try to make it easier for you guys. So I'll be exclusively talking about Quebec since I have a very good experience with it. That's the first time that I ever had to do uh, paperwork, especially on my own and um, trying to figure out every step of uh, the way, every step of the processes. So um, this will only apply to Quebec. Um, I'm sorry if you were um, expecting it to be more general. I sadly have no experience with other regions of the world or other provinces in Canada. First off, I would recommend that before you start applying for um, immigration papers, like the two we'll be talking about, I would recommend looking at your passport expiration date. If your passport will expire during the time of your studies, you will have to renew the two papers after you receive your new passport. So I will recommend actually getting a new passport so you do not have to do this process twice during your first few years of study. And so it makes it easier for you and you're stress-free during the, your entire undergraduate or master's or PhD period. That's personally what I did after I realized that my um, passport will expire two years into my studies um, out of the 3.5 I'll be doing. I realized it was stupid to pay twice for papers um, and a new passport when I could actually change my passport completely and pay for the documents in one time. So basically, once you're done with the passport confirmation or you got a new passport or your passport will not expire at all during your studies, um, you are ready to apply to the first paper, which is called CAQ. And uh, the certificate basically allows you to live in Quebec. Um, it's the first paper that you'll need, and you cannot uh, apply to get the study permit first because you will need the CAQ or a proof that you will receive your CAQ before um, applying to the study permit. Overall, um, I don't precisely remember what documents they require, to get the CAQ, um, and I've been told that it changes quite frequently, so it might have changed since I've done it, but I remember that you have to provide a lot of financial documents to prove that you will be financially stable throughout your studies and that you have enough money to afford um, studying in Canada. You will have to provide a copy of your passport um, and much more documents than that, and you cannot send them through email. You will have to send them as a letter and uh, that's why I recommend doing this part in advance because it takes time if you're in Europe or in a foreign country for your letter to actually arrive in Canada. So I would recommend doing that as soon as you get your confirmation letter from McGill saying that you have been accepted or, um, you know, um, not what I did, basically apply for everything in July and hope for the best, <laughs> which was not a good 
thing to do on my side and I strongly recommend you actually doing your immigration paper in advance so at least three to four months before your departure date um, uh, which means before August most of the time. If you did not send uh, every documents or that some documents are missing or for some reason uh, you forgot to send some, you will receive a letter saying that you can potentially be denied and you have a certain amount of time to send uh, the documents that are missing, um, which happened to me and um, stressed me out a lot more because I was getting closer and closer to the departure date. I still was waiting for um, that paper to apply to the, for the study permit so if you get um, that paper saying that you can be denied if you do not send the missing documents don't panic just send it and I know that they corrected the mistake in the matter of a week and I received my CAQ um, well the letter of confirmation at that moment once you get the confirmation letter saying that the CAQ will be delivered to you at the border you're finally able to apply for the study permit which is easier because everything is done online. So you just have to provide scans of the paper that they are asking you. And um, you add the PDF version of the confirmation letter uh, that you received through the same website as you applied for the CAQ. So um, basically, as everything is done online, it takes less time and less trouble. Um, for the study permit, the only thing... Uh, in my case, was that I had to prevent my fingerprints and had to go to a Service Canada office in France. In France, we have two, one in Paris and one in Lyon. So you get to choose which place you would like to go. Some require appointments, some do not. So um, that's the only uh, little thing that you will actually need to do in person. The rest is done online and it gets delivered fairly quickly, um, uh, fairly quickly. So um, I got my paper. Uh, the study permit the day before I left, which is why I truly do not recommend to um, do your uh, immigration paper in a hurry and do them uh, very quickly. It's recommended by McGill that you start actually applying for immigration paper once you receive the confirmation letter. I will, of course, advise you to wait until your parents are actually okay with you leaving because that was a big factor of why I applied that late is because my mom wanted to be sure that I would be going there and because um, she wanted to take a final decision in uh, June or July so I applied late and that was a mistake. I also want to share that this part is stressful as you have to gather a lot of documents. Most of the time you have to search for them or find them because there are not documents that you use every day. Um, so this part is stressful, takes a lot of time, takes a lot of energy. Um, you spend money on that part because for the CAQ, you got to send the documents, and um, which is most of the time uh, an international letter. And then for the study permit, you might have to travel to a Service Canada office or have to go to a Service Canada office, uh, which takes time too and energy. Um, so I would strongly recommend just... Um, really researching the steps in advance, researching the processes of the two papers that might have changed since I did them like a year ago, and just try to gather everything that you would need, put them on a little folder where you'll know they'll be there and take them out once you need, once you need them. That's my advice. That's because I've been stressing way too much and been way too anxious last year, um, last summer, as I was trying to do everything at the same time. Also, um, something that some students might not know is that uh, the study permit 
actually allows you to work on and off campus most of the time and um, you can work 20 hours per sem well during semesters and then you're free to work more during the summer and holidays so uh, you don't have to apply for a work permit if you um, want to work during your time as a student. Okay, so these were the two main uh, topics I wanted to talk about in this presentation episode. I mainly wanted to talk about immigration and the papers um, and the necessity to do everything a little early um, before, uh, you know, um, before the summer so everything goes well. Um, I will also be talking later on about housing, public transit, and other aspects of life in Montreal on in later episodes. Um, but now I'm going to talk about the life and the struggles of an international student during um, this COVID-19 pandemic. So as all of you are aware, 2020 is a very weird year to live in and everything has been complicated ever since January started. But the pandemic um, really hit international students differently and hard as it started for us in Montreal, especially in March. So why March? Because March and the first week of that month was our reading week. So basically a reading week is a week uh, in the semester where you are actually on holidays. Uh, technically, you'll have to do readings that you did not do during the semester or work you did not do. But basically, you don't have class during that period. So that meant that a lot of students actually traveled in Europe, traveled to New York City and the U.S. or other parts of the world where COVID-19 was actually um, increasing and appearing at a very, very fast rate. So when school started again, the second week of March, students started, started to express concerns after we saw the cases in Italy increasing very rapidly, same in Spain, same in France, same in New York. So um, we were really uh, fearing for our security. And so, so in Montreal, classes stopped the second week of March. At the end of that second week on Friday, we were told that in-person classes were no longer a thing and that we will switch to online classes at the end of March. And we were giving two weeks off in order to, um, you know, adapt to this quarantine and also um, for the, just to give them the time to switch from in-person to online classes. And then um, they changed our syllabi a little bit. Um, some courses were taken off. Some lectures were uh, reconsidered and put together in order for us to not spend more time um, you know, do an extra month uh, to replace what has been lost. We just skipped over some part of the um, courses in order for us to finish in time and do our finals on time too. So, um, of course, we saw lots of friends leaving because borders were about to close. Um, I've seen my roommate uh, departing very quickly. She left actually two days after university closed. So, for me, I was... Um, going from living with a person uh, in my apartment to living alone in a big apartment in a residence. So, uh, of course, there was a lot of adaptation to do, a lot of um, thoughts and anxiety coming with it, a lot of um, um, questioning on that part. It felt really scary, and I'm, still, I'm very sure that students are still feeling that way and are um, being overwhelmed with a lot of things because it's a really tough time, especially when you have, have to travel back and forth, when you're from a different country and you might have to take different planes to get to the country you're supposed to study in or go to. And don't worry, I've been 
um, questioning myself a lot, especially when my mom wanted me to come back to France in May. Um, and I did in a very crowded plane and was insanely worried for my safety uh, throughout the, this entire flight because it was full and um, we were all, you know, we all wanted to go home. But at the same time, when we saw that the plane was full and we're told we were horrified because we were like, this is, this is dangerous. Like, I know that taking a plane is also dangerous at that moment, but we wanted to go home and we needed to go home to get back with our families. So, um, yeah, it was really a scary moment. It became even more real when I got to the airport in May because I actually I wasn't leaving my uh, apartment a lot during that lockdown in Montreal. So actually seeing that um, the shops were closed in airports, that no one was there besides the few people traveling, everything felt real, everything became real at that moment and everything became 10 times even more uh, scary and uh, it became scarier. It became a source of anxiety. I was washing my hands like a psychopath. I was always, every time I touched something I did not know, I was washing my hands. I was, um, you know, changing my masks a lot. You know, you, you turn into questioning everything you do. When I traveled back to Montreal in July, I had a completely different experience from, what, from the one I had in May because the planes were mostly empty. Um, and the two planes that I took, I was sitting next to no one. Um, so it made, made me feel more comfortable and um, like less anxious than the previous time because I was really expecting the planes to be crowded with students wanting to come back. Um, we were a few international students back, like on the plane and essential workers mostly. Um, so it felt safe. Uh, we had to... Um, uh, like fill up a form about health and indicating if we had symptoms or if we were sick, um, if we had been exposed to COVID prior to the flight, if we had any uh, cases in our family, if we had been infected before coming to Canada. So I felt safe having to answer that question, these questions, and I felt like it was totally normal to uh, put myself on a 14-day isolation period. Um, I gladly did it, and I fully did it. Um, I know it was super, super hard, especially because I was living on my own and I had no one to talk to. Uh, most of the time, I called my parents a few times, but you're still mostly alone, so it's hard to adapt to that situation. Um, since I went from living with my family, so my two parents and my sister, I also got to spend time with my grandma and other family members, so I was always surrounded with people, and I went from that to living alone, which was definitely a lot to adapt to. Um, so COVID is still affecting international students to this day since, um, well, for a little period of time, the Canadian government stopped issuing um, study permits and any kind of permits. And I think it stopped for CAQ too. So um, uh, they were not able to, um, you know, give the papers to students that were expecting the papers and also international students that got their papers after a certain date. Uh, which is uh, someday in March 2020, are not able to travel back, well, travel at all to Canada. So that's definitely a big struggle since students um, will have to follow classes uh, in their countries and in time zones that are different with, uh, you know, internet not being the best for some people or internet not being provided at all. So uh, it's definitely a tough time for international students. It's um, a lot to take in, a lot to deal with. And I hope McGill will truly take that into account and offer services and offer help for students that cannot have access to like 
education directly because of um, reasons that are completely valid. So I think I said pretty much everything I wanted to talk about and say in this podcast. This episode was fairly short since I mostly wanted it to be an introduction and it's about topics that I dealt with over a year ago. So um, my experience will mostly not be the same uh, as yours and the process might change in the upcoming weeks, days, months since it's a process that is always changing and will mostly change all the time. And especially with COVID now being a player, um, it might affect how, you know, immigration processes are being dealt with. Um, so I wish you the best if you're currently applying for any kind of permits in a country, whether it's Canada or not. Um, I hope that everything will, will be okay. I hope that you're safe and fine and having all the help that you can uh, get right now. I will put uh, an email address in the description box or wherever I can in order for you to send me your questions and topics uh, so I can actually talk about things that you guys want to hear. Um, it doesn't have to be about university uh, or immigration or life in Montreal. It can be about anything. Um, so I'm looking forward to hear what you guys want to um, see and uh, hear about in the future. And until then, um, I... Wish you guys the best and we will see each other next time. Bye. Thank you for listening.